Welcome to First State Insights, offering information, perspectives, and analysis for public policy, management, and community and economic development in Delaware. Hi, everyone, and welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the Institute for Public Administration. My name is Troy Mix, and I'm Associate Director at the Institute, which is a research and public service center in the University of Delaware's Biden School of Public Policy and Administration. We call ourselves IPA for short. Thanks for tuning in today. Today's episode is a special Freight Friday edition of First State Insights, brought to you through a partnership of IPA and the Delmarva Freight Working Group. On June 16, 2020, I spoke with Richard Hernandez, who is Vice President of Transportation and Warehousing with Purdue Farms, the parent company of Purdue Foods and Purdue Agribusiness, based in Salisbury, Maryland. We spoke about his role at Purdue Farms, the unique supply chain challenges associated with getting Purdue's products to market, and how he and his colleagues have been weathering the challenges of COVID-19. Let's get to the conversation. So Rich, thanks so much for joining today. Really appreciate you taking time on just one of the first days back in the office, really. Could you start by telling us a little bit about your career, how you found your way to Purdue Farms and what your role is there? Sure. So first of all, Troy, thanks for this opportunity. Appreciate you taking the time and everything you're doing with, the, with this team. I came to Purdue about five and a half years ago. Um, I was looking to expand my uh, career into more warehousing and transportation and focusing on that. And, and Purdue offered me that opportunity. I'm basically the VP of transportation and warehousing officially. But if you look at online or anywhere else, it's the VP of logistics, VP of distribution. I also answer to Hey You, whatever you need, um, you know, I'm there for you. Gotcha. So, hey, you, let's back up a little bit. Um, <laughs> when we talk about Purdue Farms, what's really the scope of business that we're, that we're talking about? What kind of activities? So what I'm responsible for is I'm responsible for all the product at the back as it receives the or goes to the back end of our, our 14 manufacturing facility. And from there, whether it goes to the customer, it goes to a distribution center, it goes to further processing, it goes to a freezer. I'm responsible for that. So I'm responsible for the freezers, the distribution centers, as well as all the transportation to our customers from those to those places and from those places. That's my scope of that. And in terms of Purdue Farms, what do we mean? I think a lot of people just see it as kind of chickens, but what what's the scope of Purdue? Oh, wow. So it's it's chicken, it's turkey, it's pork, it's beef. There's a little bit of everything out there. It's all premium products. You know, that's how we're kind of set up for it. But the large majority of it is chicken. And how concentrated in, in Delmarva are the operations? We have four facilities in Delmarva. So there's one in Salisbury, there's one in Georgetown, one in Milford, and one down in Accomack, Virginia. And within that, when you look at it, you look at our scope of, of what we're taking, what we're doing here, about 50% of what we ship goes to New England. And that's basically, and I say New England, not the traditional New England, it's like the Northeast. So you come from Virginia all the way up through um, into Maine. That's 50% of our business. So being in Del Mar was like the sweet spot for us to be able to support that type of activity and everything else. So that's their traditional market. You're founded on, on Del Marva. So that's the big, big selling point. And I'm sure Absolutely. you've got a lot of the operations set up here. It'd be difficult to, to uproot for sure. Well, the corporate office is here too. So it definitely helps. <laughs> and so you've had a career in food related transportation. Is that right? That's correct. And what's been unique since you've been at Purdue Farms? What are some of the supply chain challenges and the partners you deal with that might be unique to Purdue? 
So you have to back into the whole process. And in my, in my mind, you look at it saying, it's not your traditional manufacturing where someone's going to put a product together and you're going to, you're going to build a car, you buy tires, you buy all the equipment for it. Chicken does not work that way. The poultry industry does not work that way. You start with the product and then you have to decide if you're going to take it apart or not. And how much of it am I going to take apart? Am I going to make part, you know, am I going to keep it whole? Am I going to cut it in half? Am I going to cut it in quarters? Am I going to, you know, what am I going to do with all those pieces? So what am I going to do with those chicken breasts? Chick-fil-A loves their chicken breasts. It's got to fit on that sandwich. It's got to be a certain size, which means a certain size bird. Well, what are you going to do with the rest of that chicken? It's got to go someplace, right? Mm-hmm. It costs you just as much to make that part as it make, to make the rest of the bird. So as you're going through that, that's the first challenge. The other side of that comes down to it's a fresh product. It was on the farm this morning. <laughs> now we have to get it to a customer. So there's a time distance problem that we have to work through, as well as when you go through that process, there's a process called weight price labeling. And that means a little sticker when you get your package of chicken in the store, you see that little sticker on it. Right. And that's custom to every grocery store. It's got a custom price. It's got the custom weight. And it's also got the date. Right. So once that sticker goes on, the game is on. We got to get it to, the, we have to get it to the customer. And not only do we have to get it to the customer, but you have to get it in time for the customer to get it to its second truck. Cause that's the truck that's actually going to make it to the store. So you might get it to them, but if it doesn't get to the, get there on time, it doesn't make that second stop. It's going to be late. So there's a whole lot of pressure that comes with that to make sure that we're on time and we're taking care of the customer needs and backing our way through the supply chain. So as you back into that, the other part that's kind of interesting to that is, you just can't say, hey, I need more chicken. You know, it's like if I'm going to run Pepsi, I can run more water and I can make more Pepsi, right? Well, wait, I can't grow a chicken and like snap my finger. It takes three weeks just to hatch an egg. Then after that, I got eight weeks on the farm and they're all family farms. So, you know, by the time you get 11 weeks into the process, now we can give you some chicken. So there's a lot more planning involved. There's a lot more thought involved. There's a lot more, you know, execution. Gotcha. I mean, you said some things that I think most people don't know right there about the process, but are there other things that when people just kind of see the Purdue commercials on TV and think about the chicken in their, in their freezer or refrigerator, uh, are there other things you think people would find surprising or impressive about that? Uh, how the food finds the way to the grocery store? Um, as far as impressive goes, the part that always gets me is that we don't own any farms. They're all family-run businesses, and they're all local here. They're our neighbors. They're everything you know, and everything else. And that's really what makes the difference, because it's it's not like this big machine that just goes and makes chicken. There's a whole lot of people that are involved with it, and that doesn't include feeding the farms and the grain and everything else that goes with it. So there's a lot more processes that are involved with just making the chicken and establishing those farms, and then going through the whole process and taking care of the transportation, distribution, freezing, and the rest, or you know, refrigeration, whatever else is necessary down the line for it. It's a pretty complex organization in supply chain. And so for your role, what would have been like if we go b- before COVID-19, and maybe it's the same, I'm going to ask you that question. But uh, sure. if you go back a few months, uh, what were kind of the day-to-day and week-to-week things that you were managing in your role? What were you monitoring and supervising? So we're always monitoring on-time delivery, ship to schedule, the perfect order, making sure the orders match exactly what our customers were asking for, right? Um and really getting into the, the details of the cost per pound, because that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day, right? You know, can we, can we provide the zero out of stocks at the lowest landed cost? And can we, t- and can we do that in a way that we, you know, we have a very premium product. So everything we do has to be a premium as far as the, the way it looks, the trucks going down the road, our drivers, 
our professionalism, everything we do. So when I see, when I step back and look at it, that's what I focus on, making sure that, you know, we're living up to the brand expectation. And so what are the biggest challenges to on-time delivery, particularly thinking about we're a community of transportation planners concerned about the freight industry? What are the biggest challenges you're facing in on-time delivery? Oh, the biggest challenge I was facing was traffic and fuel, right? Safety, all those kind of things as you look at our roads and, you know, our trucks and stuff like that going down the highways and making sure that our, our drivers are operating in the safest manner they possibly can. We've added all the electronics, bells and whistles that we can to the trucks right now. So, you know, lane departure, you know, forward radar, everything that we can do to provide the most safe environment for our, our, not only our drivers, but for the community around us. As well as drive cam, which is a camera that's inside the truck that actually monitors the driver as well as what's in front of it, which allows us to do a lot of coaching and everything else so what we can do better. As well as look at some very significant events that our drivers have just were able, they're so professionally able to avoid because of them. And it's a, it's an impressive process, an impressive people. Well, I mean, that's a good segue. Last week, uh, we heard from Dan Blevins at WillMapGo, and he tracked traffic volume impacts as COVID-19 shutdowns happened. And the number in my head is, you know, about 30 to 40 and a little bit more in some cases down on certain roadways. Is that what your drivers have been experiencing? What you've been I'll, I'll describe it this way to you, Troy. Our service is up two points <laughs> simply <laughs> because there's nobody in our way. Yeah. Our, our safety records improved, you know, simply because there's no one to get in front of us. Right. Yeah. And, and the third part of that, as you back into, you know, fuel and everything else, our fuel efficiency is improved. The number of loads our drivers can do in a day is improved. There's all sorts of things when the, when the road's clear that we can take advantage of. And we certainly have as far as, you know, the professionalism and the scheduling, what we've got going on. So that on-time delivery performance has improved. I mean, how has your day-to-day life changed at Purdue uh, since well, still, that started happening? Well, so that's when, you know, as I was going through, that's, that's what's always the primary focus, right? Because you have to deliver it on time in a sellable condition, you know, and, and that becomes the trick, right? So how do you do that so that it's flawless to the customer? Customers should never feel any of that, right? They just flows, they order it. And it's magic and it appears on their dock, right? That's all they worry about. That's all they see. And it's our job to, you know, work behind the scenes and make that as seamless as possible. So that it is exactly like that. And we're transparent as possible. We have things like fork heights where we track every load. We can see exactly what's late, what's not going to be late. And then what are you doing about it? What are you doing? Okay. So you know, what's going to be late. What, we, what can we do? Do we need to switch drivers? Do we need to, you know, relay it? Do we need to do something different? So that it still gets there. We just don't let it fail. And did the nature of demand really shift significantly? Has it shifted in the past couple months? So when you step back from it, right? Well, everybody's everybody, you know, had a shelter in place. So they were in all the restaurants. There's all our food service industry, right? Schools are closed. So all our things like that, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly drifted away. Actually, I wouldn't say slowly. They pretty quickly drifted away. And then from there, our retail demand was up. If you remember, all the shelves were empty. Right, you go into a grocery store, the shelves are empty, and people, you know, for people looking for their protein, and we provide that. So, making sure that on time delivery and all those things work, and we were as clean as we could be to kind of switch over and, and flex and flexible enough to help and, and adapt to that was kind of the trick, the key for us. So, I mean, it's cliche to talk about new normal, but I'm going to use the word normal at least. How, how back to normal are the things that you're doing? realizing that you're kind of lonely in the office at the moment, but you know, what trends are you monitoring to think about, uh, you know, the path back to normal? 
So the things, the things that we're looking at mostly is it's all about taking care of our associates, right? Our associates go into harm's way every day, you know, and making sure that they're safe and they have the knowledge that they need and the equipment they need and the, the personal protection equipment and stuff like that to be as safe as possible. And that's really where we spend all our time doing that. So the mask, the sanitizer, social distancing, just regular communications, making sure that they're aware of what's going on around them so that they can be as safe as possible. That's that's our focus. Without them, it doesn't matter. They see more customers, you know, than our sales team. They're there every day. So they have to have what they have to be ahead of the game. And we yeah. can't be and we can't wait. Yeah, so there won't be a normal until when there's still a threat out there. And it sounds like you guys are you know, preparing and doing all you can to keep people safe. Well, that's what I like about Maryland. We're all in masks, right? Everybody, you go to a store, everybody's in a mask. Everybody's, you know, taking those extra steps and going through that. I had come through Virginia on the weekend and it wasn't that way. And I had to tell you, I was a little uncomfortable with that, seeing it that way. So that's the difference for me personally. You know, that's my version of that. Yeah. But that's making sure that everybody has what they need is kind of critical. And there's clear, you know, as you just mentioned, there's just new reality in communities. And apart from business at Purdue, there's in the communities you work in the households of associates, et cetera, there's really big impacts of the pandemic. As we kind of wrap up here, can you, can you talk about anything Purdue Farms has been doing in the community to kind of help the community respond? Well, there's a lot of stuff. So protecting the safety of our associates and their families and our communities, that's our first priority. It always will be. And we've invested over $20 million in enhanced safety measures and incentives, you know, to protect their safety. We delivered hundreds of thousands of pounds of protein, you know, to meet the increased demand of all the, the people relying on, on the food shelters and the food banks, making sure that they had what they needed, as well as supporting frontline healthcare and first responders. So we've done all this stuff, you know, including like when you step back from it, talking to our local leaders and partnering them in the places where we have operations, what we can do better. Our whole plan is, hey, how do we make our associates safer at work than they are out in the community or even in their own home? That's how we go through it. And I have to tell you, Purdue's done a great job with that. And for a 100-year-old company, I'm very proud to be part of that. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Well, that's great to hear, Rich. And I know how precious your time is, how important on-time delivery is for you. So I really appreciate you taking just a few minutes today to give us a nice overview of what Purdue's been up to during this recent time. Thanks so much, Rich. Absolutely. Try appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. As a reminder to listeners, this Freight Friday edition of First State Insights was recorded on June 16th, 2020. To learn more about Purdue Farms, visit purduefarms.com. For more information on the Delmarva Freight Working Group and its programming, visit wilmapco.org slash delmarva. That's all we have for this episode. I'm Troy Mix from the University of Delaware, IPA. To learn more about IPA, you can visit us at bidenschool.udel.edu slash IPA. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you'll join us again soon for more First State Insights.